night I heard something that ministered to me more than the words that were preached from the pulpit to 38,000 young people, pastors and youth leaders, children from all across America. Something ministered to me in the moment when one person began to lift up her voice in a multitude of thousands of people and something inside of me shook because there is always one. There's always one that touches God. There's always one that gets out of the boat. There's always one that will believe for more. There's always one that crawls through a crowd of people or one that will cry out just a little bit louder. And I want to bring this message to you about one. There's always one, and I want to know today, are you the one? The Bible said as the two men walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus that when Jesus had gone from them after he had sat with them he had blessed the bread and he broke the bread and when he blessed it and he broke it then their revelation set in that they knew that it was Jesus that their hearts did burn within them. There was only one that they had ever encountered in their life that could move them the way that that man had moved them. There was only one that could minister in the ministry of breaking the way that this man ministered as he blessed the bread and he broke it in their presence. There was only one that had that kind of effect. And I want you to know that there is only one that can really minister to your heart the way that your heart needs to be ministered to. There is only one that can heal the need in your life the way that the need needs to be healed too. There is only one that can feel the infilling of the Holy Ghost in your spirit the way that your spirit needs to be filled. There's only one that knows your end from the beginning. There's only one who was able to form man out of the dust of the earth and breathe into him the breath of life and make him a living soul. There is only one Savior and one God whose name is powerful and mighty. He is able to save. He is righteous and he is holy. There's only one who sits upon the throne whose name is above all names. We have one God. We have one hope. We have one answer. We have one refuge. We have one shield. We have one salvation. We have one buckler. We have only one Lord and his name is Jesus. One way, one Savior. And this one God beckons man daily, nipping at his heart, nipping at his conscience, nipping at his mind, beseeching him to come, beseeching him to trust him, beseeching him that he would lift up his voice, that he would open up his heart. If any man will. That was Jesus' request. If any man, while speaking to crowds of thousands of people, Jesus was always only appealing to one. If any man will, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. He will minister to every heart, but there's always one. 
It will just come down to one if one will come and take up of the waters of life freely, then he should never thirst again. How often did Jesus, a crowd, uh, Jesus address the crowds and the multitude and yet allude to just the singular individual with the need? The shepherd had 99 sheep and he left the fold for the one the woman who had a purse full of coins, but there was only one that she turned the lights on in the middle of the night and she swept and cleaned the house until she could find just the one. A man had two sons, but only one walked away. God is a personal God. I will tell you Friday night as the presence of the Lord began to fill that room and there were thousands of young people all over the arena that began to worship God in faith. There were thousands of people that began to worship God in anticipation. There were many that began to worship God with the expectation of uh, an impartation of not only the Holy Ghost uh, but of signs and of miracles and wonders. Uh, there were those that hearts were filled with joy. There were those that their bodies were healed of sickness. Uh, there were those where deaf ears were unstopped. There were those that got out of wheelchairs. There were those that crutches went, crutches went flying. And there were those whose hearts were filled with hope. Every need was specific and individual. But in a room full of thousands, God would only minister to you as though it is just you. How many times have you sat in a service as the word was preached to a congregation but the word was for you? How many times has the word of faith come over the pulpit and it was the word that you needed? I don't know if anybody else got a hold of it. I don't know if the wind blew upon everybody else in the sanctuary but if somebody would just get a hold if it's only for you, if it's just for your life, if it's just for your need, if it's just for your marriage, if it's just for your family, if it's just for your children, if it's just for your heart, if it's just for your life. There's always one. God being a personal God, we give personal invitations for many to come. He sought out Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, make haste today, salvation it's come to your house. There are thousands of houses in the city that Jesus could have gone in, but that day it was Zacchaeus' house that would be a place where the presence of the Lord would come in and decide to change a life and change the direction and the projection of an entire family and possibly a generation who knows what lives are changed today because of what God did in one. All are welcome. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. The crowds follow Jesus, but it is an individual decision to stay. I want you to know that this is a wonderful church and there's a great group of people, but church is not a social club. 
Church is not the place where you go to try to make business deals and business ends and, and try to get in with people. Church is not about how many friends you've got and church is not about cliques and, and churches are not about segregating people into groups and churches are not about anybody or any one family occupying a pew. Church is about when you come to the house of God. This is where the presence of the Lord comes in and will meet and will minister to a life and to a family. The church body is a group of people who are like-minded, unified in faith for one goal, that God would minister, that God would save, heal, and deliver the heart, the mind, and the soul of man. And when you go through a hard time, the church is here to minister. When you go through a bad season, the church is here to minister. The Bible says to bless one another and love one another as God has loved you. I'm telling you, the church is here to unify us together in the spirit of God. The Bible says to when you see a brother overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. The Bible tells us to not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Why? Because we need each other to make it. We need each other to get through tough times. We need each other to hold on when we feel like letting go. We need each other when we go suffer through loss to realize, listen, I may have lost something, but I've got a family that I'm gaining strength from. church it's not a, just a place for us to come and shoot the breeze with one another we do that because the Bible said the disciples continued steadfastly daily with the breaking bread and the fellowship fellowship builds our camaraderie with one another I'm all about the fellowship Fellowship is about seeing the likeness that you have between you and your friends and your brothers in Christ. I'm all about the fellowship. But the Bible said something else that they did when they began to fellowship and they began to break bread. They began to take communion one with another. They began to pray with one another. They praised with one another. Hey, some of you haven't got to get with somebody in a long time and worship God together. I don't want anyone to ever feel that when you're worshiping God, that you are worshiping God alone. It's good that you get with brethren and sisters and you link up and you begin to walk the aisles together. You begin to walk the altars together. You're, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, sister. I'm, I'm, I'm bearing whatever burden that I can. I want you to know that you're not alone. I'm praying for you. If you need a friend, if you need a help, if you need a, someone that you can trust, if you got someone that you can depend on, I'm here. That's what the church The church is not about who's not here and who is here. We as distinct individuals all face the familiar foes and problems of this life. And as the crowds followed Jesus, it was an individual decision for each of them to stay. That's why there were only 12 disciples through the ministry of Jesus. Over 500 followed him in one moment and all walked away, but 120 some odd people. I'm telling you, it's an individual decision to stay with him. We as distinct individuals, we all have the issues that we have in life that are no different. The Bible says in the book of Timothy that there is no temptation that has come to you that is not common to man. We are not strangers to loss. 
We have all faced grief and questions, doubt, heartache, sadness, depression. We all enjoy the good times, the gladness and the happiness of life. But God still ministers individually. What does it take to stand out? There's a few key points that we could make that when it comes to standing out, you really stand out when you do something that nobody else is doing. I preached a message at a youth rally one time, running away from an untoward generation. I tell you what, it will stir a lot of heads when you begin to do something different than what everybody else is doing. They tried to prove this in high school and what they did is they had told everybody in a classroom to, we're going to ask them questions and we want the majority of you to sit down. And they had asked questions that were tough questions like, now how many of you believe that it's okay to do this? And they would try to see that what, what kind of impact in the social order in the social order, does, what's the word that I'm looking for? Im, impressionist attitude have on someone. Peer pressure. When the whole classroom sits down and you stand up, and you realize you're the only one standing. Are you going to stand or are you going to sit? I, I would tell you right now in this world, I feel there's a lot of propaganda that people walk with the crowd that are silent, but they hate the fact that they're walking with the crowd. Because I don't like this. I don't, I don't stand for this. This is not what I want for my children. This is not what I want for my life. This is not what I want for my family. But because they're too afraid to walk against the norm. You know what's also a, 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 a disheartening thing? When you've got people in a church that God is ministering to. And you want so badly to cry out. You want so badly to stand on your feet and say amen, pastor. You want so badly to stand on your feet and wave your hands. You want so badly to stand on your feet and scream, thank you, Jesus. But because nobody else is moving. I don't want to offend my brothers. I don't want to offend my sisters in Christ. But there's something inside of me that needs what is being poured out. There is something inside of me that needs what is reaching towards me right now. And it's either fight against the presence of God or I fight against the looks of people. And more importantly, in our minds, we are suffice to please people than we are to God. What does it mean and what does it take to stand out? One, it's when you're willing to do something that nobody else is doing. And it's when you do what needs to be done when it is called for. When the pastor says, can I get an amen? Can I get a few? 
I'm going to tell you something that the evangelist said Friday night as he was getting everybody ready for the preaching. And he says, you may be seated. And all of a sudden, there was a group of young people that began to clap their hands and shout hallelujah. And he said, yeah, that's my Illinois people. Because he had just a couple of weeks ago preached the Illinois youth camps. And in the Illinois youth camps, he made this comment. He said, when I say you may be seated or when any other preacher says you may be seated, that's the only commandment that a preacher gives that everyone does 100% of the time. Bless God, man, that preacher had us for five minutes. I was about to lose my... Woo, I'm so glad he said that. I don't know if my back could have handled it any longer. You can handle it when you're walking in the aisles at Walmart. You can handle it when you're carrying 30-pound bags of deer corn into the deer woods. You can handle it when you're standing in line to watch the St. Louis Cardinals play. You can handle it when you're standing in a three-hour line to get into the Arkansas Denny Stadium. I'm telling you. But when a preacher says, you may be seated. Oh, praise God. He said, it's the one commandment. When the preacher said, why don't everybody praise the Lord for a few moments? You might get one or two hand claps. When somebody, why don't somebody shout right now? Well, it's different in most places. If I wasn't preaching about it. If we were recording that message, someone would say, man, that preacher's a liar right there. Look, the church said amen, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, what it takes to stand out when you begin to do what needs to be done. I'll tell you what's important for a church to do. It's important for a church to pray and to pray without ceasing. It's important for a church to cry out to God. It's important for a church to invite the presence of the Lord into a sanctuary. It's important for a church to praise the name of the living God because He is not dead. He is alive forevermore. I pre- it's, a, it's important for a church uh, to back the preaching of the word. Why? Because God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save the soul. I'm telling you, it's important for a church to to have a spirit of revival because nobody wants to go to a dead and dying and dry church. What it takes to stand out is when you respond as you feel the spirit pulling. I tell you, as a young man, it's still very hard to do things that you feel that you need to do. When the Spirit of God is calling you. I'll never forget being in Bible college. Do I pull at this thing too much? Not, I'm going to take it off. I, 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 growing up, we had never, we didn't, we didn't do foot washing communion services like that. We just did communion church that I grew up. We didn't, I, I, I'd never... I'd never done foot washing before, but sitting in my room one night, praying and reading the Bible, I felt the Lord begin to oppress on me to take upon myself the yoke of a servant. You know how hard that was for me? I was already doing everything that I knew to do. 
I was already the one that was being told to do things that nobody else would be willing to do. I still wasn't getting to preach anywhere. Still wasn't getting invitations anywhere. Name wasn't coming up at youth camps. Wasn't getting invited. I was already getting treated like I was less than. So my dad was a truck driver. And my mom was a real estate agent. Wasn't a preacher's kid. And I'm sitting here having to fight and struggle for everything that God is trying to do in my life. And as I'm crying and as I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord, God, just in the case the day that I ever get called to preach, God's giving me messages and I'm writing them down. And the Lord tells me, take upon yourself the heart of a servant. So I went and grabbed the towel and I grabbed the bucket and I put water in it. And then I began to go door by door. kids up there and playing Nintendo what's going on tears in my eyes I don't know what it is but this is the only thing that I could think of when God began to speak to me taking upon myself the heart of a servant can I wash your feet and I will tell you the majority of people let me the one room that didn't let me were the room of the people that I had the most problems with. They wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me have a moment. Because they knew what God would do with someone who put up. But then God taught me a lesson. When I knocked on the last door. And I walked in. You know, it's easy to get brushed off by people. I'm in 23 minutes. Don't worry, I don't have, I don't have much more notes. It's easy to get brushed off by people. And most of the men and most of the boys at the school that night. They were appeased to letting someone come in and wash their feet and pray. Oh, God's going to touch you. God's going to bless you. Oh, God. I walked in one room and my friend happened to be on the phone with his fiance. And we all know how important those conversations are. Sister Callie, my friend, said, hey, he saw the rag in my hand and he saw the bucket. He said, I'm going to have to call you back and it may be a little while. And as I began to take shoes and the socks off of his feet and I began to pray and I began to wash, I was done, tears flowing down my eyes. I was making sure that I didn't wipe my face after my hands touched all those dudes' feet. I had told my wife this story while we were dating she would have never held my hand again or brother Patrick when I turned as I had every other room coming down got the water dried up 
You see, there's always just going to be one. Appreciate it. Thank you. And I turned and leave, and I grabbed my bucket. He stopped me. He said, no, 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 no. That's not how it's done. Because when you serve, God will call others to serve you. And he sat me down and he took off my shoes. And he said, you're not alone. You don't ever feel like you're alone. Don't ever feel like you're... Because as an individual God, God is always ministering to people in many different ways. And he took off my shoes and he took off my socks and began to wash. And I'll tell you, there's always going to be people that are going to do things that other people won't do. There's always going to be people who are going to stand down. But it's always important that you obey the calling of the Lord to your need. And you respond to it as God is pulling at you. If you're the only one worshiping, don't stop worshiping because nobody else is singing with you. If you're the only one that's walking in the altar while everybody else is set down for the worship or for the praise or for the preaching. I'm not going to stop you from worshiping. You got to respond as God is calling you. When it's time to open up your mouth, you open up your mouth. When it's time to put up your hands, you put up your hands. Because are you the one? Are you going to be the one? You would be so shocked to know how many people feel something that would lead the door to opening unto them. But without moving and without hesitation, they hold back to the moment that will change everything. She said within herself, if I but touch the hem of his garment. I want to tell you something about this woman. She knew that the power was in him, but she reached for just the hem. If I can't get everything, I'm going to get a part of it. Hey, if you don't feel it all, at least respond to get a part of it. Do what you can while everybody's trying to grab a hold, while everybody's trying to touch. She was on her knees and she was crawling for her answers. She knew it was going to take something extraordinary out of her. She knew there was going to be something that was going to be kind of extreme. She knew the way that everybody else was approaching was not her way in. I'm sorry, Sister Nora's praise is not your praise. She's not praising God on behalf of her. Sister Valerie's praise is not your praise. Her praise is on behalf of her. Her praise rises as a sweet smelling savor before the throne of God. Your praise smells different. Your praise looks, why? Because you haven't walked a mile in her shoes. You haven't lived in her pain. You haven't gone through her tragedy. Yes, thank you, Jesus. That's it, Sister Callie. You just respond as God is telling you. Walking in as a 16-year-old girl, not knowing anything about what the presence of God was going to do, but it got a hold of your life. Yes, hallelujah. She's got family walking in one direction. She says, that's not my path. That's not what God wants for me. He's cold under my heart. He's reaching for something. Yeah, you can go with the crowd. You can go where everybody else is going. You can go where they got the program. But there's something about Lone Oak Apostolic Church and what God is doing to an individual life. We don't have the social clubs. We don't have the hopping, bopping groups. 
We've got prayer meetings on the first Monday of every month. We've got Tuesday night Bible studies. We got Wednesday night church. We got Sunday morning service. We got Sunday night church. Our church is going in a direction and is willing to pull. Faith spoke to her need and declared to move in a way that was contrary to what was the norm. Everybody was pleading for Jesus to touch them. She said, if I touch him, I'm whole. You see, many people, they just want to touch God to get his attention. Hear me. I'm touching you, God, because I want you to... No, she said, I'm touching you because the moment that I feel you, Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Everything in my life's going to change. The moment that I touch you, everything in my mind's going to release. The moment I touch you, this pain's going to leave my body. What's keeping me? Well, she, she had to crawl because if she was seen of everybody, everybody knew her problem because of how many doctors she's been through and how many years means she suffered. They would have said, she's unclean. She's un she was hiding. No. You see, we all crawl through different circumstances to get into the presence. You might have driven here. You might have walked into the sanctuary. But every single one of you have a need in your life that's got you crawling. Yeah. Jesus! Come on. The answer's in you, but if I could just get your hand. Because you're reaching. You might be a proud man, Brother Allen. You're reaching. Sister Cheryl, you're a wonderful woman, but there's something in your life and you're reaching, Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one that can do it. You're a strong man, Brother Brandon. But there's a child inside of you that is reaching. Jesus, if I just touch you, if I could just touch you, there's always one. She was not going to wait for him to touch her first. Yeah. And virtue flowed. I want you to look up because your redemption draws nigh. If there's always one, are you going to be the one that says, I'm here. Don't be silent, Lord. I'm here. I'm here, God. I'm in need. I'm, I'm here. I'll give you everything in my heart. I'm, I'll let it go. I'll, I'll forget. This is not about who's gone before me. This is not about any family member. This is not about what they did or where they went or what they've done. This is about me and this yeah. is about you. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one. God touched ten lepers and only one come back. Who will be the one to come back and say, I'm the one you healed. I'm the one that's in the yes. Out of ten, only one came to worship at his feet. Every single one of you in this room under the sound of my voice has been touched by him. But are you the one that yes. is able to get on Hallelujah. your knees and say, God? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Or do we need to go back to the book of Chronicles when David, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. 
who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and to say praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever see I'm looking for one yeah God's looking for one yes he is I shouldn't have to be like David and appoint people to praise God yeah for what he has done hallelujah because in this church of unified individuals every single one of you are the one that he left the fold for that they turned over the house for that he reached for that he died 